Hi, I'm Chad Emerson, and this is the Downtown Explorer Podcast, the virtual third place where we gather for interesting conversations with downtown innovators and entrepreneurs. Hi, everyone. Chad Emerson. We are back with another episode of the DHI Explorer Podcast here at the worldwide headquarters of Downtown Huntsville, Inc., and we are excited to have one of our favorite artists, Jesse Andrews on the pod. Jesse, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited. All right. So before we get into you as an artist, and we got a lot of talk about because you've done some amazing work downtown. Thank you. You also do some podcasting. I do some podcasting. Yeah. Tell us about your podcast background. Well, um, I honestly have been thinking about getting back into it again lately. Um, But I had a podcast called People of Huntsville, and I essentially just had... It was like an open floor for anybody to come on and talk about whatever impacted them in their life. And people came and really shared some vulnerable things. And um, honestly, like the, the human spirit is just so resilient. That's what I learned. But people came and talked about how they um, overcame like Hurricane Katrina and lost their house. And um, I don't know, just like normal life situations that you see on the news, but you're not always like maybe getting in depth and conversation with people on a day to day basis about it. You know, everybody wants to stay kind of at a friendly, shallow uh, type of conversation. So anyways, I do miss doing that. And I've thought recently about opening up a podcast again that is for entrepreneurs and creatives. And it's kind of just like, how do you maintain like sanity? (laughs) And how do you do this? Tell me mainly so I can learn from other people because it's a lot to to have your own vision in life and try and push it. So was there a guest or a conversation at the end of it? You finished the podcast and you're like, whoa, that was super interesting. There were a lot, uh, actually. There was, I mean, I, I feel kind of like bad saying them, but they're out there in the public and they chose to share their stories. But uh, there was one of a woman who was uh, in a marriage with a husband and a kid and Turns out she was a lesbian, and she was she came on anonymously, but she didn't know how to uh, just how to handle that life thing, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, there were a lot, a lot. There was a guy who came on, and he had a terrible stuttering issue, um, and he just talked about how he overcame it, and, and kind of like how it's all in in the mind, essentially, you know. And like, it's just true for so many different things. I think like a lot of the problems that we have stem from uh, the way that we see ourselves and the way that we view life. So anyways, you should go and listen to all of them because there were a lot of insane stories. Where can you stories. find the archives? Uh, you can find it on Spotify and uh, I don't know, Tessa, my partner, kind of did all of that stuff. I just did the talking. Okay. <laughs> but it is on Spotify and I think People of Huntsville is still on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about your art side. Uh, you have a company or i guess i don't know it's what it's called honeyblood <laughs> i art. am a company yeah you are honeyblood art mm-hmm. what an interesting name you got to tell us the backstory about what mm-hmm. honeyblood art means to you it was my nickname in high school honeyblood was my nickname and i don't know where it originated from but my buddy my friend my best friend called me honeyblood And when I started to post stuff on social media, I was like, what am I going to call myself? I don't want to go by my name. Um, I don't know. I thought Honeyblood was just kind of like, I like it because it's dualistic, you know, and that's how life is. There's dark, there's light, there's good, there's bad. And Honeyblood is like sweet and uh, and wonderful. And and blood is kind of dark and twisted. So I think it sticks with you pretty well. (laughs) Sweet, wonderful, dark and twisted. Gosh, that's your backstory. (laughs) Uh, Maybe, unfortunately. Just wrote your own bio live on the podcast. (laughs) 
Well, um, I mean, I think all artists are. Yeah. I, I can think speak all for, humans are, yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> Thank you. They don't, not all of them want to admit it, but yeah, <laughs> I'll no, be this no. spokesperson. Yes, I'll second you. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the murals. Uh, the first time, I can't remember the first time that we met you, but the I first... I do. Oh, well, well, it was for an Adirondack chair. Um, oh, yeah. Like four years ago, maybe. Oh, that's longer than that. Was it? No. Yeah, yeah. That, Wait, was, those that was the, the painted thing. Adder. Okay. Yeah, because I put astroturf on mine. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking it was such a big deal. I was so excited about it. You know, like hundred dollars. I don't know how much it was. You know, but like a little project that I was so excited to do, and I was so proud when my chair went out. But yeah, I think you had like maybe fifteen people do yeah, chairs. Yeah, I remember that we had a grant and yeah. we bought Adirondack chairs and. Uh, coordinated with local artists and put them around. Yeah. A couple of them lasted for several years. Did they? Uh, yeah. mine, a couple I don't of them were did. really good were stolen. Oh. So maybe that's a compliment, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough to take <laughs> illegally. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw mine once outside of Publix, and then I never saw it again. Yeah, it means someone so, must elect it. Or they... someone's back here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thanks for that reminder. Yeah. The first project I remember working on uh, with you was in the Color Walk. Mm-hmm. We did a project... Um, based on what the downtown Louisville partnership has done, it's called the Alley Doors. You find alley doors that are legally accessible, and you find artists to paint them. Mm -hmm. So tell us about uh, your first alley door in the Color Walk. Well, I remember that you guys told me it needed to be kind of realistic, like you're looking out into something that would actually exist. And I'm an abstract artist, especially at this point. I haven't done like chandeliers or, you know, rockets or anything like that. And so I'm like, how can I get away with this and do it in the style that I do it in already? Which at that point was resin art, uh, like abstract resin art. So I was like, okay, like, let's go. Let's kind of go with the theme of Rocket City here. And uh, yeah, so that was the first, that was the first like, you know, large ish project that I did with you guys and then it kind of quickly jumped up yeah you actually um have one of your pieces right here in the office I was looking at and one of the things about your style you you can you know do things in a variety of styles but we first noticed your style is that that resin art it's it's plausibly real but it looks like it's also could be a wonderful made-up place Mm -hmm. so what is resin art and why did you work with that medium early on I think I liked that medium. Well, okay. I think I liked that medium specifically because at that point in time, I didn't know anybody personally who was using it. So I was really attracted to it because it was a unique thing to me. Um, Same with circles. I didn't know anybody who was doing circular art. So I was like, okay, resin art, circular art. It's this unique kind of grouping of two different elements. Um, And then from there, I I did start to name them like Andromeda or different type of galactic names. But Mm -hmm. to me, I never really had like the connection between Rocket City and I'm making a planet. And it was just like, I don't know, all the things I was inspired by being thrown in together. And then people started to tell me that they thought they were planets. So I was like, okay, I mean, whatever, they can be whatever you want them to be. (laughs) Um, You know, that's the thing about art is like you can't really tell somebody what to take from it. So they take what they want to um, but yeah, resin art is so interesting because you have a 45 minute working time until it becomes too hard for you to be able to, to work oh, with. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like a two part epoxy. And so when you mix it together, you only have a very limited amount of time. It's very permanent, <laughs> you know, like you don't want to get it on anything. Um, I use a torch to get the bubbles out. So it's a very intense amount of time to, to do you know, you have a short amount of time to do a lot of intense work is the way that I see it. So it was really good for me because I'm such a thinker. I'm like a very in my head person. So this is a type of art that really requires me to be present, if that makes sense. 
it seems like it's high pressure countdown arts <laughs> and the clock is started now. <laughs> yeah, really. It, it probably is. But I mean, it's so insane because in my shower, I have like, you know, shampoo, conditioner, body wash. And then I have this container of, uh, what's it called? Acetone, you know? <laughs> so it's like my shower is not a normal shower. You got to have this really intense stuff to get it off your skin. Oh, so if you get it on, okay. Yeah. It's just a mess. Resin is not something you want on your skin. No, no. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people do a good job of not getting it on there, but. Yeah. So um, tell us about your creative process. Cause some of the works we're talking about are commissioned works, mm -hmm. but you've also, you'll create things, you know, when Jesse Andrews sits down and says, I want to create a piece of resin art. Where do you start? Mm -hmm. uh, well, specifically with resin art and not with murals, I pretty much start, this feels very intimate to say, but I start on an emotional level. You know, like for me, it's stemmed from, need, like everybody needs an outlet, whether it's running or whatever it is, you know, ideally you choose a positive outlet. Some people don't, but for me, my outlet was making art. So when whatever it is that I make, it comes from what I'm feeling. And I'm not necessarily trying to like send a message or, or make something specifically represented in my art. I'm just trying to get it out of me and to be able to healthily process my life with a good hobby. Like, you know, like anybody does with anything that they do. It just, it was a hobby. Um, but it still kind of remains the same that I don't really for the most part, sit out, I don't set out to make something specific. I kind of just try to stay in the present moment. And I know a lot of artists say this and it might sound woo woo, but like I try to let whatever needs to flow through me, flow through me. And, you know, I will meditate before I do it. And, uh, yeah. And, and most of the time, I mean, I always am like impressed. I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, <laughs> I don't mean, come from? yeah, I don't mean it arrogantly. I just didn't know yeah. what I was going to make. And I'm like, okay, that's, it's kind of cool. So are you, I, I've read artists sometimes pick a certain time of the day. Are you a morning artist? Or are you Ooh, a no. late night artist? Are you a lunchtime artist? Is there a certain, when your creative muse is mm -hmm. most active? It is at night when everybody else is asleep because that's the point where I feel like I can finally just kind of take any like any societal pressures off myself. I'm like, nobody's going to call me at 1 a.m. I don't have any emails or text messages I need to respond to at 1. So that's the only time that I really feel that I can just completely relax. Yeah. So you get a call one day uh, from myself or Carla or someone who says, all right, we have two rusty poles that we want you to paint mm -hmm. in an alley. <laughs> And you said yes. <laughs> yeah, well, you made them sound a little more glamorous at the time. <laughs> it wasn't. There were, there were two poles that were rusty and they're too <laughs> deep in the ground to get out. So we figured, let's paint them. Um, what do you recall about that commission? Um, I remember, I think this has been the way with every mural project that I've had or every public art project is like, it is a challenge. Like, what can I, what can I do with it? And I remember I wanted to use stencils because then I could create the mock-up on the computer and just completely print out the exact images that I sent you. Um, and I remember also, they're called duality, I believe. And I wanted it to be just kind of like a juxtaposition between, I mean, I think that's what I'm deeply inspired by in all of the art that I do is like the balance in life. So that one was just like, how, how to express that, you know, how to express like the human experience in a piece of art on a rusty pole. Yeah. You know what I mean? And no one else sees it that way, but that's the uh, inspiration behind those things. Now, you did such a great job. One of the things about um, that's on the secret art trail, and we, we say it's not really secret because we talk about it, but it's art in unexpected places. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think one of my favorite human emotions is the pleasant surprise. Mm -hmm. um, it's not exactly why you come downtown, but when you're walking down an alley and you see two poles that probably used to block a transformer mm -hmm. or something – 
and someone took the time to paint them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember trying to explain it to my friends what I was doing, and I was like, I don't know, they're just like these two poles. <laughs> like, I don't know what purpose they serve. <laughs> But well, you can find now. those as well as the first one on the Secret Art Trail. And then um, we're working with a wide variety of artists we are working with. But your door mm-hmm. on the color walk, we found a side of a building. Mm-hmm. And uh, the road on Holmes was two-way. So it used to be the building in the rearview mirror. But now that it's two-way, people would drive by it. Mm-hmm. And Mark Harberger, uh, who is one of the owners of the building, we said, Mark, we have an artist did this really cool door. We looked over it, and he's like, well, what if you turn the door sideways? Mm-hmm. It's a wide building. Uh, and so next was probably one of your most popular murals yeah. that people on the weekend will kind of line up to take pictures in front of. Tell us about the mural at Fountain Harburger. Well, okay, multiple things about that. One is that it took a huge step from being a small door to like a 1,000-square-foot wall. And I remember meeting with you there, and, and you were like, you don't have to paint the whole thing. It can be, you know, you can just paint in the middle. And me, I was like, no, oh, no, it's going to be the whole thing. We're going to put 3D planets on top of it. Um, and it took a long time to do it because I was so detail-oriented on the planets. And now, like, all the details I spent so long trying to to put in. You can't see them from the ground, but I know that they're there. Um, but yeah, that was an incredible project. And and sometimes I see people taking like graduation photos in front of it and I'll pull over and like slow down and roll down my window and take a photo to send to you or, you know, send to, send to somebody. And I'm sure they're like, who is this chick? Like, <laughs> why is she photographing me? But yeah, that was an insane project. I loved it. I wanted to have, uh, as far as I knew, that was like the first 3D mural in North Alabama. I mean, there might've been one, but I had no idea about it. Um, And I say that very hesitantly because probably there's a lot out there that I didn't know about, but I wanted- It was the first one in downtown. Okay, there we go. It's the first one here. (laughs) First one off Holmes. Um, But yeah, I wanted to have uh, 3D elements to it. One, so I could work on it for a longer time in the shop. And then two, because I I was already confident in my skill set on wood with resin. So I was like, okay, how can I kind of implement this? But instead with resin, use like automotive clear coat and use metal. So, I mean, any project that I've done has been a challenge, you know, and it's like stretching my mental capacity for what I know how to do. But then you learn how to do it and you're like, ah, more can be done. (laughs) When I walk through downtowns, oftentimes... You know, if it, especially if it's cared for, alleys are fun because it kind of shows you the back of house, right? That's mm-hmm. oftentimes that's where the back entrance is yeah. or things like that. And so uh, there's an alley that goes from uh, Clinton down to Spring Street, right behind the new 106 Jefferson, mm-hmm. behind Fat Sammy's. And there was this wall that until the hotel was built and Fat Sammy's was there, it was a vertical wall, though. Mm-hmm. And Perfect uh, place for a mural. Yeah. yeah. And someone said, let's do a mural there. And... You know, a 45-foot lift later, <laughs> we created the chandelier. So tell us about uh, the newest um, addition to downtown, at least your newest addition, mm-hmm. the Chandelier Alley yeah. mural. That one was super, super fun. And I'm really proud of it, honestly, because whenever I drive on um, – what road is that? When I drive Clinton. on – well, when I drive on Holmes and you oh. look through the little alleyway between Moe's and – I don't remember what building the other one is. It, it, anyways, it's like a little peak and you can see down to the chandelier and – I think that it's a good one that is like a pleasant surprise. But yeah, that one required a projector, a lot of duct tape, spray paint, 
many, many weeks in December. <laughs> it was very cold, um, but it was so much fun. I brought a heater up on the lift with me with an extension cord, and uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but I got the nickname Jesse Sec- Safety Second Andrews because <laughs> uh, my friends were coming by and they're like, "What are you doing?" Like, you know, because the lift didn't go up all the way. Still, like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what happened there. And, and you know, the company was so great to come out and help, but the lift was slightly not large enough, so I had to tape a, a piece of. Uh, tape a paintbrush to the end of like a mop pole (laughs) just to get to the top of the mural but it was fun it was a great great experience and we knew it was cool um recently we debuted our first night market which was awesome yes it's coming back every fourth friday through uh the end of October, and the funnest memory, we, it was all lit up, and, and you know, the mural, the chandelier mural was kind of the feature of it, and there was other chandelier. Micah Gregg did some chandeliers on the side of a building, projections, and I look over there, and there's this guy, and he's like, they're, they're the acrobats, oh, right? Oh, yeah. And he's like, my friend Amanda, up, yes. like, synchronized uh, figure mm-hmm. skating or whatever you call it, and I'm like, what's going on? And, yeah. And they're like, well, just thought it'd be cool to do this in front of chandelier mural. Yeah, they took one in front of the new... Um, uh, I forgot the name of it. The new installation that's at Big Spring Park with the the like the bone installation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They the, took the a really cool. There. Yes, yeah. Well, let's that talk about awesome. uh, a couple more, and then we will go to your favorite five. Okay. All right. So, um, one of the recent um, commissions was working with a multi-international company. Yes. Lockheed Martin. Twice. Kudos to, yeah, twice. <laughs> Kudos to Stephanie Bastians, who is uh, a yes. great friend at Lockheed. And they wanted to do something creative, mm-hmm. and they wanted to do in Big Spring Park. And we reached out to Huntsville Utilities and said, you have these ugly green painted power boxes. Let what, us help you. <laughs> let, us, let us visually improve them. Yes. And that was about the scope, right? Tell us about what it was like to work. This wasn't for DHI and a small grant here. This mm-hmm. was for a company that has lots of internal controls. Oh, yeah. Tell us about the process working for Lockheed Martin. Well, it was awesome working with them. They were every contact that I had was uh, phenomenal, and um, it was a great experience. It was a challenge though because when I've seen those boxes painted in the past, they've been um, like vinyl wrapped, you know. So I'm calling and like asking people, "How do we do this? Do I get the measurements for like every single bolt? Like, how do I figure out how to create a canvas on my computer to be able to digitally create something, have it printed out, and then wrapped around it?" And I was like, okay, that's not going to be realistic or reasonable. So I ended up just directly painting on it and and priming it really well with um, metal primer. But it was... It was interesting. I definitely remember some people from the city, they came by and they're like, you you could die doing that. And I was like, I think it's okay. <laughs> I think I'm allowed to do this. It's fine. But yeah, it was oh, great. Like, they're still, electrocuted yeah, oh, okay. they, like one sweet lady was like, this is very dangerous. And I was like, it's okay. <laughs> Ma'am, I like danger. Yeah, I she should look her in the eye and just said, that's why I'm doing <laughs> what this. what I live for. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. And so last one we'll mention, um, some are just quirky. I, I think uh, downtown Huntsville has the only urban oyster bar with a beer garden inside a parking space and a 50-year-old municipal parking mm-hmm. deck, Sea Salt. Yeah. So one of your former employers, Stephanie Mel, I assume, gave you a call and said, well, let's make it even quirkier. Mm-hmm. Let's add a mural. Talk about the urban oyster bar mural. Yeah, well, we, know we couldn't directly like promote one company. So we're like, how can we tie in this mural to this really awesome oyster bar? And so I thought, okay, let's do like the world is your oyster. It's like a catchy, cute little phrase that people would like to photograph next to. And, um, excuse me. 
that was, I mean, that was pretty much it. I just sent Stephanie a mock-up that I had that I'd worked on with my partner at the time, um, Adrian, because uh, I'm, I'm getting so busy that like I'm having to get help, which is a great place to be. Um, but I sent it to Stephanie and she was like, I love it. Go forward with it. And I was like, OK, let's do it. And it's pretty easy. But everybody wants a mural now, which is great. I mean, I'm so thankful for what you've done and, and what everybody at DHI has done, because I feel that people are really valuing murals and, and valuing public art and like wanting to be a part of it you know and they're like oh I want one too like put one on my wall how much is this and even if it's not me doing it it's so awesome to see that people are wanting this vibrancy because I mean one time you know I if we're going to go back to the um utility boxes I, I had just done the first coat and it was pink and I remember getting an email and someone was like uh citizens are worried about this color you know and and I was like okay I understand that but like it's not you don't need to be scared of color. You don't need to be scared of like vibrancy and, and images and pretty images that are neutral. You know, I understand if they're like politically charged, but public art is amazing. It brings yeah. people together. People want to be involved in it. People want to talk about it. So I'm happy to see where Huntsville's going in that direction. It doesn't strike me as pink as being something that's very scary. I know. I was like, I mean, I understand yeah. if there was like, I don't know. Well. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> So um, it's funny is that uh, we started the Secret Art Trail. You go to downtownhuntsville.org and there's a tab on that. And we had like something like 15, 18. And now it's, we have we've, we need to update the cars. And now there's something like 30 to 40. It's oh, like really? doubled. And people are like, this is like the Appalachian Trail. It's yeah. just long, right? Tell us about um, your impressions of the growing art scene in mm -hmm. downtown Huntsville, especially the public art scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that it kind of, from my perspective of it, it started to take off a few years ago, and now it's like rapidly rolling. Like I was saying, everybody seems to want to have public art and to invest into it and support it. And even if people are not creative, they want to they wanna let you know they support it and they support you and, and they want it to grow. So I think that we have a ton of talent here. I mean, we absolutely do. The entire Southeast has a ton of talent, you know, even if we decided to not keep it local, there's so much creative ability uh, in humanity and there's a ton of support here. So as long as we continue to have like the funds and the space to do it, I don't see why we would slow down at all. Okay. Well, I agree with that. That's a hundred percent. So um, thank you for a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you for all the incredible art that you've thank you. shared with our community in our downtown. Thank you for letting me and, and trusting me at questionable times to, to do artwork. I appreciate it. If people want to find more about uh, Honeyblood mm -hmm. Art, tell us where in the World Wide Web and social media they can find it. I need to get my website up and going, but currently it is not. So um, Instagram is the place that you can find me. I'm on Facebook as well. If you just Google Huntsville, Alabama Honeyblood Art, I do pop up but on instagram it's honeyblood.art and on facebook i believe it's honeybloodart could be dot art but i'm out there <laughs> so if someone's interested in up. your art they can dm you or yeah something like that. yeah or honeybloodart at gmail.com is, oh. is a better way to reach me all right well if you're looking for some art from all different sizes to a little mm -hmm. piece for your table all the way up to a big mural for the side of your building honeyblood art yeah. thanks for all the great work thank you are you ready for your favorite five i am <laughs> okay these are designed to be one-word answers. Okay. You can elaborate if it's a necessary. <laughs> um, really just a, a fun way to learn more about the personality behind the person. Okay. So are you ready for Jesse Andrews' favorite five? I am. All right. Number one, you're going on a trail downtown. Is it the Craft Coffee Trail or the Craft Cocktail Trail? Uh, I would say more recently the Craft Co Coffee Trail. 
A perfect rainy Saturday night. Is a girl's night out or a solo night creating art? Ooh, I would also say more recently it's a girl's night out. Okay. You're at Fat Sammy's. Are mm-hmm. you most looking forward to that Fat Sammy's cocktail or that Fat Sammy spam dish? Ooh, I have not tried their spam dish yet, but I would say the spam dish because I've heard amazing things from it. It's hard to believe what that man can do. I know. It's just. Oh my gosh. He is. Speaking of artists, he is phenomenal. I will sing his praises. Jeremy Esterly. Shout out for Jeremy. We love you. (laughs) He's actually, he's he's an alum of the podcast. Oh, really? Nice. All right. Number four and Jesse's favorite five. You used to work for uh, Church Street Wine Mm -hmm. Shop. Uh, If you were having a nice glass of wine, would it be a rose or a red? It'd be a red. No doubt. Kind of red. Uh, Merlot. Cabernet. Okay. And last, number five. You're going to see one last artist. Mm-hmm. Is it a Van Gogh or a Picasso? Um, I think it'd be a Picasso. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Is there a Picasso that's on your mind? No, there's not. But I used to work at this bookstore at Low Mill, and the sweet woman I worked for, Becky, she had these Picasso prints. This is not a one-word answer, but she explained to me like his artistic journey and, and his career. And even though I never had really resonated with his artwork as a person and as a creative, I was like, okay, I respect, I respect what you're doing here. Cause even when it was just like a doodle, he was able to sell it for an insane amount of money. Cause he had built up so much respect for his work. So anyways, I see, I would have guessed Van Gogh. Yeah. Well, I think Be- Van Gogh, I like his art better. But go yeah. ahead. Sorry. So when, well, when some, someone said, it's like, what's her art like? And I go, it's like kind of Van Gogh-ish. Like, I don't know if that was a, okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Starry night. It looks like it's that. kind of esoteric, but- yeah, uh, yeah. But either way. It's definitely uh, nothing like Picasso, but yeah, I appreciate yeah. him. Artists are just interesting people. Well, thank you for sharing your interesting thought uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, one more time, if someone wants to reach you via email, if they have a question or a potential commission, how can they reach you? Honeybloodart at gmail.com or honeyblood.art on Instagram. All right. That is Jesse Andrews of Honeyblood Art, one of our great muralists among so many in downtown Huntsville. Jesse, thanks for joining us on the pod. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. I appreciate it. We'll talk to everyone next time on the DHI Explorer Podcast.